Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can watch our services live and view our archive at StevensCreekChurch.com, the Stevens Creek app, or on our Roku channel. And if our ministries have touched your life, we'd love to hear about it. Send us an email to mystory@stevenscreekchurch.com. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning and welcome to Stevens Creek Church. I'd like to welcome all those in our South Augusta campus. Let's, let's, let's welcome South Augusta. We're so glad to have you on campus there. And also those watching online and those in our outdoor venue here. Uh, this is our final week of our thankful series. And today I want to just talk to you. I'm thankful for God's church. You know, Today is, uh, as Sarah said, is our 33rd birthday here at Stevens Creek Church. So 24 years ago, Patty and I gathered with 24 people. I mean, 33 years ago, uh, Patty and I gathered with 24 people in a borrowed living room. And uh, from that, uh, we've seen God do such amazing things. You know, it's interesting that as we look back over, and I want to talk about this over the next few minutes, uh, We've just seen God provide. And so the overarching theme is where God guides, God will provide. And as we talk about our journey, I want you to see yourself in that. Because there are many of you right here in this auditorium or in our South Augusta location where God has prompted you to step out. He is calling you to step out and to go to a place where maybe it makes you uncomfortable or maybe you've never been there before. I want you to be encouraged because I believe that if God is guiding you, that he is going to supernaturally provide for you. So just start looking. You take that step and you start looking um, for the next step and you see, you'll see God's provision along the way. You know, when we met together that uh, 33 years ago, we, we shared this common hope um, that lost people may, uh, could be found and that broken people could be healed. That's really what brought us together. We didn't know what we were doing. Uh, we were, Patty and I were 26 years old. We had an 11-month-old baby. We didn't have any money. In fact, we passed the plates that day and collected $369, and that's how we started the church. And so everything that you see today came as a result of that seed offering of that $369. And, you know, we just had this desire that we wanted to reach uh, lost people. We embrace the story from the book of John where Jesus was talking with his disciples. He said, look into the fields for they're white unto harvest. And that really spoke to us. And so we called the church uh, in those days, Church of the Harvest, uh, as it connected with that, that story. And over the last 33 years, we've had a lot of memories, and I'm not going to use today just to talk about memories, but I do want to show three different pictures and as we look at these pictures, uh, know that when you look at the picture, there's probably a story behind the story. Like some of you uh, were taking pictures with your family this week. And we did that on Thanksgiving Day. And we posted some pictures, but the story behind the story is we may have taken 100 pictures just to find that one. And so there's always a story about what's going on behind the, the camera and what's going on in the room. And so uh, here's this first picture. This is a picture of 
the day that we broke ground on, that, on this property, we were standing probably about where we are right now, had a service, I spoke, um, and Todd did the music, and it was a great day. I mean, we had worked so hard to get to this point. I mean, years in the making, and we were just thrilled, and, and this was just a big day, and, and everything turned out just like uh, we envisioned. The, uh, our congressman was here. The mayor was here. We had other officials here, and it was just a day of celebration, and so we uh, loaded up, and we went home afterwards. About eight o'clock that night, my phone rang, and, and Bruce Lyons called, and um, Bruce said, the pastor said, um, anybody say anything to you about the building? Because on that day, we had this big picture of what we were going to build, okay? This was a, a vision casting event, and so this is what we're going to build right here on this property, and I said, no. He said, well, he said, when I look at your building, it looks like a Kentucky health department. He said, that's ugly. Um, and so I thought, wow. And you know, I looked at that picture again and it did. It didn't look like anything that would go along with this community. And so I made the, the tough call and, and that we had the groundbreaking that day, but we didn't break ground. We, we shelved that project, and for nine months, we went back to the drawing board with the architect, and then we eventually, nine months later, or maybe even a year later, we broke ground and we uh, built the, the first phase. And here's what I see when I think about Bruce. Here's one man that had courage enough to call. He had courage enough to speak up. God used him in a way to help direct uh, the church because God knew that what we build here would either uh, welcome people in or not. So here's what I want to say to you. There are some of you that God is prompting you, that you see a problem, you see a challenge, and God has given you the eyes to see it. Now he wants you to speak up and deal with it. And so just be that, uh, that person of courage and do that. Here's the second picture. This is kind of funny. This is a few months after that groundbreaking. We're meeting over in Stevens Creek Elementary School. We, for four years, we sat on those metal chairs. And this was the day that we're going to record a worship CD. So Todd and his team had practiced so long um, on this worship CD, and they're recording it live, a live um, recording. So uh, they had worked late into the night, and we got there. Everybody was excited. They brought their friends and their family members uh, to this event, uh, this live recording, and they were pumped up right before service. Todd comes up to me. This is the picture behind the picture, what's going on behind the picture. He says, oh, Marty said, all the recording equipment that came down from Nashville to do this, it blew up. We have none. What do we do? And so here we are, we've got this uh, lunchroom full of people waiting for the recording to, to start, and the people had practiced, and I said, Todd, don't tell anybody. This is between me and you. He didn't tell the musicians, he didn't tell anybody, and we went through, um, uh, and we had that service as if we were having a live recording. The story behind the story is three weeks, four weeks later, we met on a Wednesday night, had a handful of people uh, for the live recording, and that was it. But it's always a story behind the story. Here's a, just a final one. This is what we eventually built here. 
And if you walk in our front door, you actually see this building. We just kind of built over this building. Okay, on the first day, you know, we'd worked so hard to get here. On the first day, um, you know, we didn't have enough money to do uh, adequate parking. This looks like we have adequate parking. But on that first day, uh, I was sitting right over there and people started coming in. It was like grand opening and they, everybody was excited. And we really tried to uh, build a contemporary church and I wanted the outside in. So that's why we had these windows. I just wanted, there's something about having the outside in. And so I just envisioned for years having a church where the, out, the beauty of nature could come flood as, as we have service. And I'm sitting over there and I see this line of cars coming. And they literally park right in front of my, uh, my seat, right in front of these windows. And I'm just like having a conniption over there, thinking like that vision of having this beautiful worship experience. Now I'm looking at all these cars, people late for church or getting out, they're getting their kids, <laughs> and I'm watching them. And so the next week we had cones out. Um, <laughs> now, that's just a little snapshot because it's pictures behind pictures. It's the story behind the pictures. And you have a lot of that going on because we put our best picture on social media. But so often there's a story going on behind that that other people don't see. And if that's your story today and, and there's a story of difficulty and struggle, I just want you to know you're not alone that you're going to go through seasons and you're going to go through uh, milestone moments and you're going to be able to look back and see the faithfulness of God, that God has brought you from where you've been to where you are. And God is going to take you from this place to where he has for you. But we've got to surrender to him. We've got to trust him in it. And we've got to know that where God guides, God is going to provide for us. Well, there's been a lot of twists and turns in the road, but one thing for sure, the heart of Stevens Creek Church has been the same for 33 years. And for that, I'm thankful. And so specifically, today I'm thankful for three things. First of all, I'm thankful for a church where everyone is welcome. I'm thankful for a church where everyone is welcome. I grew up in a, a small church that said everybody was welcome. They said that, but you only felt welcome if you looked like us and you dressed like us and you talked like us and you voted like us. If you could check off those boxes, then in my home church, then you were welcome. And that was a problem. And that's why in my home church, we went seven years and baptized only one person. It was Charles Bowie and we're glad he got saved. But seven years baptized one person. So when we started this church, I wanted to do whatever we could do to remove the barriers. I wanted to remove the barriers so that this could be a place where people could come and hear the life-changing message of Jesus Christ. In theory, it was very simple. Stevens Creek is a place where everybody is welcome. And we would say that, but here's the problem. I had a church tradition. And so many people that came through the doors had church traditions and they wanted to bring their tradition into this. And so it was a, uh, there were times where we really had to say, God, help us 
and to walk through this and teach us what it means to be a welcoming congregation. Teach us what it means to really believe that lost people matter to you. Well, I'll never forget the day when a random lady named Sylvia walked onto our property. In fact, she was, our property was on Old Petersburg Road back in those days, a little small church building. And uh, she was walking around the building in, in the parking lot, and Patty, my wife, went out uh, to check on her and then brought her in. And so she sat her in my office, and Sylvia said, uh, started acting real nice and talked and uh, everything. And finally, she said, looked at me, she said, what kind of church is this? I said, well, we're part of the Church of God denomination. And uh, she said, oh, she said, denomination. I've heard of that one. And, and then she continued to talk, and, uh, and finally she stopped. She said, look, I've got to tell you the truth. She said, I'm 26 years old. She said, I haven't been inside of a church in 13 years. And 13 years ago, the only time I went into a church was for a vacation Bible school. She said, my life is falling apart. My marriage is falling apart, and I need help. Now, I was kind of stunned by this conversation. I wasn't stunned that, that her life was falling apart. I wasn't stunned that her marriage was in struggles. I was stunned that she hadn't been inside of a church building in 13 years. Because you see, I was raised in a small town in the South, okay? And in our town, everybody went to church. Now, everybody was not saved. Everybody was not saved. They could have been at the Moose Club um, on Saturday night, but they're going to be in church on Sunday. Specifically, that was my dad. And... um, and so everybody went and said, but you go to church. And so we live in this world that if you're going to um, run for office, you're going to be a church member somewhere because you've got to put that on your, your get out the vote cards. I'm a member of the First Baptist Church or, or whatever that church. It was, so it was this culture in the South that you went to church. That's why we have uh, the, the, the phrase, the, we're the part of the Bible Belt. And actually, they call Augusta at times the buckle of the Bible Belt because the Southern Baptist Church started, the convention started here in Augusta. So anyway, so that's old time South. And so you bring that into this new culture where this, this county is really growing and uh, there's a cultural shift here. That it, God used Sylvia to teach me, Marty, wake up. This person lives in walking distance of your church. She walked there that day, and she hadn't been inside of a church in 13 years. You've got to realize that people, everybody is not a Christian, and people, and so God started reshaping my eyes to see, to realize that everybody doesn't go to church. And so what are we going to do to create a safe place for people to come hear the life-changing message of Jesus. And so we had to reshape what the church looked like. Because I'm telling you, when we first started the church, one of the highlights of my, one of the highlights of my 33 years here was the day, I'll never forget this, the day that we drove up um, with, the day that we had choir robes delivered. Because 
We had started this church in a home and then moved to a hotel, and we were not a real church because you're not a real church until you have choir robes. And so the day we got choir robes, I really felt like I walked around, we were finally a real church because I was stuck in a tradition um, that was holding me back from reaching the, uh, the community. And so I had to release that. I had to say the people in this community matter more to God than me holding on the, to, to the traditions that I have. And, and you see uh, contemporary churches on every corner in Augusta now, but you've got to go back 33 years. Look, there was no contemporary churches in town. It was us in the vineyard and that was it. And so when we started to introduce this kind of music and brought lights in and doing this, I mean, we were the outcast in this place. But we were not going after churched people. We were going after lost people. We were going after people that hadn't been inside of a church in 13 years and that found themselves at a place of crisis that needed somebody to look them in the eye and say, you know what, Sylvia, you matter to God. And if you matter to God, you matter to me. And so there comes a point where we have to allow our, our traditions to step aside for the greater purpose of reaching people. And that's why we, we've got to be a, a place that's welcoming, that we're willing to... Uh, to open our doors wide and say, come hear the life-changing message. Look, I realize that, um, that times have changed and we have to constantly be changing because the very thing that got us from back then to right now, it's not gonna be the thing that takes us here to the future. In the same way with your life, the very thing that brought you from where you are to where you are may not be the thing that's gonna take you forward. And we've gotta to come to the place where we're willing to surrender that and say, God, create in me, um, help me to hear what you're saying and God, be, uh, do that new thing inside of me because you see, times have changed. Times have changed. This is not the same Southern culture that we that many of you grew up in. And we've got to learn how to communicate a message of hope to people who have not had the benefits that many of you have had the benefits of being raised in a Christian home or a Christian school or going to church. And so our challenge is how do we communicate that in a fresh and relevant way, in a compelling way. And so we want to be a place of... Um, that are welcoming. I'll never forget, this is a couple of years ago, uh, three or four years ago, Patty came to me between services. And she had a, a sense of urgency in her voice. And she said, you've got to come meet this person. And I'm thinking like, okay, um, but I've got another service I've got to go speak at. And she said, no, come. And she took me into uh, our offices over there. And I walked into the offices and there's this lady there that I hadn't seen before. And I looked at this lady and she said, I'm not a Christian. And I'm thinking like, okay, because I'm very comfortable with people who are not Christians. I said, okay. And there's a lot of people at Stevens Creek that come to Stevens Creek that are not Christians. 
uh, because that's our goal, to be open to people who are not believers. And, uh, and, she, and we want them to come back. And so she said, I've been coming here for a year, and I'm not a Christian. I'm thinking, okay, I'm thinking at this moment, I'm about to lead her to Christ. And she said, I'm a Muslim. I said, oh. And she said, I went to the mosque, and I did not feel welcome there, but I came here, and I felt welcome. And I just want to say thank you, because you, you did that. You are the people that have created this culture of kindness this culture that says to people who are far, far from God that you have a place here, that you can come here, that you don't have to look like us, you don't have to dress like us, you don't have to vote like us, but you are welcome here because the ground is level at the foot of the cross. Jesus told a parable about the great banquet in Luke chapter 14. And this parable really communicates the heart that God has for people. Luke chapter 14, it says, a certain man went, uh, was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent a servant to tell all those who had been invited, come for everything is now ready. But they all alike, they began to make excuses. We dropped down. Then the owner ordered the servants, go out quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you've ordered has already been done, but there is still room. Then the master told the servants, go out into the roads and the country lanes and make them come in so that my house may be full. God is preparing a great banquet and he has commissioned us to go out into the highways and byways of the country lanes in our communities and to invite people to the banquet. He's calling us to reach outside of our comfort zones, to reach outside of our, our, our normal flow and, and to be uh, open to conversations, that once we start those conversations, the Holy Spirit's going to touch those conversations, is going to turn those into a spiritual conversation. And in that spiritual conversation, you're going to have this opportunity to say, why don't you come to church with me Sunday? And that's what we ask you to do. We ask you to be nice to people, because we believe that when you're kind to people, that conversation is going to flow out of your kindness. And we believe that once that conversation starts to flow, that you're not going to beat them overhead with the Bible. You're not going to quote a lot of scriptures to them, but you're going to have an opportunity because the Holy Spirit's going to get involved in that conversation and going to turn it just a little bit into a spiritual conversation. And you may not have the answers to their questions that they ask you, but you just say, hey, why don't you come to church with me Sunday? Why don't you come to church with me Sunday? And that's how we see we carry out this mission. But it's interesting. When he says, go out and bring the, the, the poor and the blind and the lame and the crippled, 
I think what he's saying to us is our vision must be broader than what we've previously had. We've got to think like God. We've got to see people like God sees people. When I think about this, he said, bring in the poor. Who's that? Could it be in our world? Yes, it's the physically uh, poor. Yes, it is. But what if it's also the poor in spirit? What if, those, what if it's those individuals that are struggling? Maybe it's those that we reach out to. And maybe it's those that we say, why don't you come to church with me? And there are people that are struggling. I'm telling you, we live in a culture that has been ravaged by COVID-19 and, and it's, it's, it's tough. In our church congregation, we've had maybe one person pass away with COVID. And he wasn't, a phys- he wasn't uh, diagnosed with that, but probably all the signs look to that. So officially, we have had none. But probably we've had one pass away. But this year, we've had three suicides and we've had one domestic abuse killing. In the church or connected to the church. And so what I know is that there are people who are poor in spirit. There are people who are struggling. And that we need to be the people that, that are saying, hey, why don't you come to church or why don't we get together? That we're sensitive to that. God has placed us in this community at this particular time. When we started on November 29th, 1987, God knew that in 2020 that we were going to have uh, COVID-19 sweep across our world. And he knew that we could handle it. And he knew that we could be a light in the darkness. And he knew that we could offer a helping hand. And that's why we're here. God wants you to make a difference. And so, some people don't understand that God has a plan for their lives. And that's what we want to help them understand that. We want to keep the doors wide open so that they can find this place, a place of hope. So I'm thankful for that. I'm, secondly, I'm thankful for a church where everybody is needed. God has given us an opportunity to reach this community. God knows, or God knew, that it would take more than 24 people in a borrowed living room to accomplish his mission in this community. God knew that. And that's why you're here. Because God needs you. That's why you're in our, our South, uh, South Augusta campus right now. Because God needs you. And I am thankful uh, for a church where everyone is needed. That we all have been called to serve The Bible says that you've been created to serve, that you've been gifted to serve, you've been been shaped to serve, you've even been commanded to serve. We, We all must give something back. You're put here to make, on this earth, to make a contribution. God made you as that unique person with those unique gifts because God wanted, wants to use you in his work to accomplish his will. 
This is the message of 1 Peter chapter 4, and when it says, each of you should use whatever gift that you've received, you should use these gifts to serve other people. And what we've come to learn is the only way that you can serve God on this earth is by serving others. And that we understand that this is a volunteer intensive organization, that when we think about Stevens Creek Church, we think about the hundreds and the hundreds and hundreds of people who volunteer, who serve on a regular basis. I think about the people who, are, who willingly give to this church. Very quickly, once we started, you know, we passed the plate and I said we had $369. Very quickly, we, we learned the principle that it takes money to do ministry. It does. It takes money to do ministry. And that's why God has created a financial plan called uh, tithes and offerings. And he challenges all of us to, uh, to be a part of his plan because it takes money. God knew that it was going to take more than $369 to to do what he wants to do in this community, and that's why he's called us here. And I think about all the work that your, your, fine, your money is doing. It's amazing. I think about our Dream Center on, our, uh, on Peach Orchard Road and how many hundreds of people that you reach on a regular basis. Well, how about this, thousands. Last year alone, over 17, we served over 17,000 people through our Dream Center in one year. Amen. That would not happen without your generous support. You know, we're coming up on, on our Christmas uh, season, and Every year for over 25 years, we've set aside our Christmas Eve offering to strengthen the resources of the church and so that we can continue to do the work of the Dream Center and the work of, with our students and our kids and just the work of this church. And you have been faithful to, to do above and beyond. And what we just say is ask the Lord what he would have you to give for that special offering on Christmas Eve. And we want to bring our best gift to him this Christmas Eve. So just be thinking about that, being praying about that. Because I believe that the best days of Stevens Creek Church is uh, in the future. We're here and we're thinking about the last 33 years, but let me tell you this. I believe that, that what will be done in the coming days will be so much greater than what we have seen in the past. And I realize that some of you... You, you watch the news and you're, you're uh, a student of the culture and you see our culture uh, taking a turn that you never imagined uh, it would go there. And I, along with you, I am shocked at some of the things that I see. I am shocked at some of the corruption that is being revealed. But let me tell you this, that God's kingdom is marching forward and God's will will ultimately be accomplished. Amen. And yes, it looks as if uh, uh, the, the culture is going uh, uh, one way or, or taking a, a turn. Um, but we are not of this world. We are, our citizenship is in heaven. And God is not finished. God said, in the last days, he will pour out my spirit. So yes, you may see people uh, who are walking away from the church. You may see people who will never embrace the church. 
But all the while, there's a great falling away. The Bible says it will happen in the last days, but the Bible also says he will pour out his spirit like never before. And that I want you to be looking forward to what God is going to do in the days ahead and know that in 2021 and beyond that we're going to see people come to faith in uh, a number of ways. We're going to see people filled with the uh, baptism of the Holy Spirit. We're going to see people healed, delivered, and set free because God's power is still here and God's power will be released on you as a church. That leads us to a third. I'm thankful for a church where everybody's changed. Everybody's changed. In Romans chapter six and verse four, it says, we were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead to the glory of the father, notice this, we too may live a new life. Changed. You can have a new life. The power of Jesus is strong enough to change your life. The power of Jesus is strong enough to change your life. Hear that. Understand that. Receive that. How's it going to happen? He's going to change us from the inside out. That's the message of Romans chapter 12 and verse two. It says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. He wants to change you from the inside out. He wants to release his presence, his power in you. And I'm thankful for a church where I see people's lives changed, where everybody's been changed. We look back over 33 years and times have changed. And the methods that we used in the past will not take us forward. But God has a plan for us and we've got to think new thoughts. We've got to dream new dreams. The best days are ahead. I promise you that. I promise you that. Times have changed, but our vision is going to remain the same. That we exist to help people take their next steps toward God. That's why we're here. We exist to help people take their next step toward God. We're gonna hang on to our, our mission. We're gonna love God. We're gonna love people and we are going to serve the world. We're gonna be God's church in this community. And Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. And if we're not doing the same thing, we're on the wrong mission. And so as we look to the days ahead, know that the church is going to be strong going forward. And I can say that confidently because I'm looking at you. You are strong. You are strong in the Lord and the power of his might. You are good people. You are godly people. You are people of faith. Patty and I wouldn't be here today if it were not for the faithfulness and the kindness and the love that you have shown us 
year after year after year that you've given to our family. You know, this Thanksgiving, we can't thank you enough for that. You are a blessing to us, and I pray that God will pour out his spirit and his blessings on you for your kindness. And some of you say, Marty, I ain't done anything. Well, you showed up. There's a ministry of presence that you just being present here. Look, our time is up, but I just want to sincerely thank you so much. As we conclude this thankful series, I want to say thank you so much for, for, for being a creaker. And creakers are the best people in this community. Amen. You're the best. You are the best, and I am so thankful for that. So here's what I want to do. I want to pray over you because, you see, this has been part of the church's story, but this is also your story. Because you may be the one far from God, and you may be the one that connected with Sylvia's story. Or maybe you're from a different religion, and you connected with uh, that Muslim story. Or maybe you just needed to be reminded where God's guides He will provide. Or maybe you needed to be reminded that you're welcome here or that you can be changed by the power of God. You see, we all came here with a different story, with a different need. But God knows exactly what you need. And I believe if you're open that he's gonna move in your life today and bring the help and courage that you need. So let's all stand together in our South Augusta campus. Let's all stand together and I want to pray over you. Let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, I am so thankful for this congregation. And I pray over them. I pray over those watching online. I pray over those watching on demand. I pray over those in our South Augusta campus, our outside venue, our atrium, and in this room right here. I pray that the power of your spirit would rest upon us, that you would bring peace, that you would bring encouragement, that you would speak life. God, I'll come against the fear that the culture is trying to put on us. And we push back the darkness. And God, we ask that your righteousness and your peace and your joy would cover us. Let nobody but Jesus run this church. Let nobody but Jesus run our families. Jesus be the Lord of our families and be the Lord of this community. Father, I pray for those that have never been saved. And if that's you, I want you to pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, save me. Just say that. Say, Jesus, save me. Say this. Say, forgive me of my sins. I want you to pray this. Say, Jesus, make me into the kind of person that you'd have me to be. I receive that forgiveness. Fathers, they pray that prayer. I ask that you change your life. I pray, God, for those that have come in here with a burden, those that have come in here that are covered in worry. I pray in the name of Jesus that that burden, that worry would be removed and that you would have the confidence and the courage to move forward in your faith. I pray blessings over you. I pray favor over you. I pray this in the strong name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. God bless you. Have a great week. Thanks for listening. 
If you would like to help support the ministries of Stevens Creek Church, please go to StevensCreekChurch.com and click the Give button. See you next time.